everyone. Welcome back to Through Black and White. This podcast is about the journey we are all on and about all the journeys we are yet to take. I'm Anna. And I'm Tammy. Since nothing in our lives is simply black and white, we've decided to share our perspective on ways to find balance in our minds through our thoughts and actions. Join us as we explore these gray areas through conversation. written 11 books, but each time I think, oh oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. Maya Angelou. So imposter syndrome was first described by psychologist Suzanne Imes and Pauline Rose Clance back in the 1970s, and they described this imposter phenomenon Uh, as something that occurs in high achievers who are unable to accept their own success. So they often attribute that same success to luck rather to their own ability. And they constantly fear that others will eventually unmask them as a fraud, just like Maya Angelou did. And they've mentioned here that it's about high achievers, but I think it's so much more universal than that. I think it's something that probably a lot of people experience, whether they'd class themselves as high achievers or not. And I think it's something that's so real for a lot of people. I know for me, I've definitely experienced it and sometimes actually still do experience it till this day. And this links in quite closely with the idea of pluralistic ignorance, which I recently came across and thought was really, really interesting as well and also really relatable. And it's just about us as humans doubting ourselves privately, but because nobody ever voices these doubts, nobody ever talks about it, we often feel like we're alone in thinking this way and experiencing these feelings. And obviously, again, people don't talk about it. So it's really difficult to know how hard people are working to be able to achieve whatever it is they're achieving, that we often think, oh, I can't do that. And since there's no way to really know how hard our peers are working, how difficult they may find certain tasks and, you know, just how much they may also be struggling with certain things, how much they're doubting themselves. Since we're not talking about it, there's no way, there's no easy way to dismiss the feelings that we're having and those feelings of being less capable than the people around us. I think it's an eye-opening thing, Um, at least for me. I kind of knew about it, but I didn't know the term. So when I first found out a couple of years ago that actually a lot of people think that they are unique and that it only happens to them, when in truth and in reality, we all have quite similar experiences, but we never share them because we are so ashamed of it. Mm, I think so too. Yeah, no, I think so. I was just thinking that. And, you know, it makes me think of... um, So I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you know... There was a girl on our master's course who who writes and she wrote a piece about something about like the exams that we did or the coursework that we did in terms of the grades and feeling as though she was struggling. And I know when I read that, I felt like, wow, like nobody said anything, but I also felt like this as well. And if somebody else was feeling this way, it would have, I think there's some sort of comfort. (laughs) This is going to sound really odd, but sometimes it's comforting to know that other people are also struggling with the same things that you're struggling with. There's a sense of, oh, okay, I'm not alone in this. And there's a sense of, 
maybe i mean it's not in all situations where you'll be able to help each other but just knowing that okay clearly i'm not the only person that's struggling so maybe this is really hard it makes the world like it makes such a difference so although I didn't actually know what the term was called, so pluralistic ignorance, I think it's something that we're all definitely susceptible to. So going back to imposter syndrome, we use this word syndrome so often, but it's actually not a syndrome. It's not a disease and there is no official diagnosis in DSM, which is Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders that clinicians use to make a diagnosis, even though this is not a syndrome. It's not a disease, like I said before. It doesn't make it any less real. It's very frustrating and sometimes even debilitating. And when I say debilitating, I mean that the thoughts that one creates around his or her perceived inability become so heavy and debilitating. So much so that you actually end up failing at a certain task, uh, or at least you don't perform as you'd like. So it's almost like a vicious circle or self-fulfilling prophecy. And here is where the paradox lies. And that's why I feel it's so important to talk about it. Because once you name the beast, you actually regain your power. Mm, yeah. And just going back to you said how debilitating it can feel in those moments. You know, that's so real, especially when you feel like you don't have the ability to do something. So you're tasked with something, but you don't feel like you've got the ability to do it. So you're just kind of there looking at it and it's looking at you and you're just like, OK, so where do we go from here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the feelings of like just and feeling like a fraud is so real as well. But if you think about how much mental energy it actually takes up when you're consumed with that amount of concern and worry, around feeling unqualified or like you can't do x y and z that's a lot of time and energy that can be used to either focus on the task at hand and can even be dedicated to trying to figure it out like even if you don't know what you're doing at least at least trying to make an effort to figure it out or even understand more about why you might be feeling this way and finding a way to work around that exactly well said there is a lot of energy wasted so I have an example and I'll take me as an example. It's not a real life example, but let's just work with me and let's just imagine. So I get a new job or a new position in the company. There are two possible ways or two possible extremes how I might be acting here. So on one hand, I can be overly confident, bordering arrogant and say something like, I'm the best for this job. Of course they hired me and so on and so on. On the other extreme, I can be thinking of myself as a fraud. I can be saying something like, I'm not ready for this job. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing, why they even hired me, how they even hired me. I tricked them. This is so wrong. You can even notice the change in my voice and the energy I express through these sentences. If you want to check that once again, just rewind a little bit. But my point was, the thing that I should keep in mind in, in that moment I'm not a fraud. The person who hired me is trusting me. And he or she trusts in my ability to learn and to adapt and grow into that role I'm hired for. No one is ready 100%. I can work on maintaining or keeping that trust instead of thinking that I tricked someone. I'm working on it. And it takes time. It's a journey. I'm working hard on improving myself. I'm learning and I'm moving forwards. 
So finding balance between those two extremes is the key. Absolutely. And I guess something that's quite important to mention is that obviously we've talked about it here in a professional setting. So thinking about a career opportunity and progression in that sense. And also it's quite common in academic settings as well. But it's something that can affect anyone at any time in any place. So it can show up in a person's personal life as well. So I think any situation where you find yourself taking on a role that you've attached to specific expectations or standards to, and you're feeling as though you need to be really good at it, or you need to perform really, really well, I think imposter syndrome can creep in there. So whether that's navigating becoming a parent for the first time, which of course, there'll be feelings of uncertainty, can I do this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. For most people, I think that would be the case. Or even if it's thinking about what you should be like, what you should behave like in a new relationship. I think when you're taking on any role where you have this preconceived idea of what the person who is stepping into that role should be like, how they should behave, the level of competence they should have, I think you can find imposter syndrome there. So again, it's just a really universal experience and something that a lot of people from time to time, or maybe all the time, will come up against. I also wanted to mention my personal experience that I had when I first entered medical school. I was sure that medicine is the thing that I want to study, but I wasn't sure that I was good enough for it. Uh, I felt that other people are doing such a great job. They're getting excellent grades. uh, And I've been struggling in the library and trying to figure out what's important, what's not. I actually, I felt that I wasn't using all of my resources properly. I didn't know how to study. And it took a while until I felt confident and comfortable. Uh, But even in those hard times when I wasn't sure that I'm good enough, I was still putting in the work and I was still trying my best. So this just goes to say that even though you might be feeling uncomfortable and you might not be so confident about the thing you are doing, putting in the work and trying hard and working on it, uh, trusting in the process could be a solution. Yeah, I think it can be really helpful to remember and just being mindful of actually I'm putting in a lot of work here. Like fair enough, I'm having these feelings of it might not be enough, but just giving yourself credit for the amount of work that you actually are putting in is helpful to do. So I just want to ask you, what is it that helped you when you were feeling like that in medical school? What helped? I think the most important thing that helped me uh, was actually rationalizing my thoughts I was aware that these are just thoughts and they might be true, but in the same time, they might not be true. So I just kind of supported myself uh, with other thoughts. Uh, I, I said to myself, I already came so far. I'm already here. I cannot be kicked out unless I do something really bad or unless I pass the exams. But I passed every exam, actually. And obviously, I can do it. I was aware that I'm doing something wrong because I still believe that I can do so much better. So I just tried to figure out what it was that I was doing wrong. And up until probably third year, I didn't really figure it out. But turns out that uh, you can actually talk to your professors and you can actually look at uh, past exams. (laughs) And this might be helpful. I think it's so interesting that you've mentioned talking to your professors because... 
and I've spoken to a lot of people about their academic journeys and there's not many people that I know who actually use their professors and their personal tutors and their lecturers in the way that they should. I think we just all tend to struggle through it and be like, oh, this is quite hard. I don't get this. And now that I think about it, it's such a logical thing to do. Like you don't understand something. There's somebody who has given you this information. Why don't you go to them and ask about what it is that you don't understand? But we don't do it. Well, I can certainly say that I haven't done it enough in the past. Um, And it would make life so much easier. So, so much easier. Of course. Um, What I was thinking, and now I'm thinking that other people are were also thinking, I just felt a bit weak if I asked for help. It's like, no, 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 I can figure this out. Like, I'm sure I can. But instead of trying for two hours to figure something out that is unknown to you, you can actually ask someone who spent 30 years on that topic and he or she could explain it to you in five minutes and you would be like, oh, of course, yes, this makes sense. So it's not that you are just saving time, it's also that you're saving so much energy and you're also creating this bond with professor where they're very happy to help you. You just need to allow them to help you. You need to ask for help. You need to be so humble and ask and admit that, look, I don't know this, but here you are, you can help me. And there is nothing wrong with that. People love to help each other. It's just that we don't allow them to help us. (laughs) I'm having so many thoughts of you saying this, and I think we definitely need to do an episode on either how to ask for help or just asking for help, because this is a big thing for me and a thing that I do struggle with. Although I don't struggle with saying no, which we've talked about in another episode, I absolutely struggle with asking for help. So yes, Mm. so many thoughts, but let's keep on track. (laughs) We'll talk about that another time. And it's interesting that you mentioned rationalization. So you said you rationalized it. You kind of thought about the fact that you've already come so far. Um, So again, we were doing some reading around imposter syndrome and came across this paper, really interesting paper that discussed it and some ways to tackle it as well. So the authors laid out this step-by-step process, I guess, and they coined them the five R's for tackling imposter syndrome. And they mentioned rationalization in their process. So the first step that they mentioned was to recognize it, recognize it. So when you're having these feelings, ask yourself these questions. So what is prompting these feelings of imposter syndrome? How does it make me feel? Why is this happening now? So really identifying and recognizing it. The second step, which you've mentioned, rational thinking is what they've called it. So collecting the objective facts and achievements that speak to your qualifications and quell the sense of self-doubt. So look at the evidence. If the evidence suggests that you're actually doing a great job at work, why is it that you can't believe it? Look at the data, look at the fact that in your previous role, you achieved X, Y, and Z, and you gained these skills along the way. And these are the skills that will probably help you in this new role. Like look at the facts and give yourself credit for the things that you've done in the past. Um, So they've also mentioned questioning negative thoughts and beginning to replace them with positive thinking. So that links in quite nicely with looking at the evidence. Use the evidence to question your negative thoughts. And in that way, replace them with positive thinking when you can identify what you've done in the past. 
Also, remembering that lots of people feel this way. Feeling like a fraud can be quite common, and research has shown that this dates as far back to the early 80s. So even over 40 years ago, people were feeling like this, and it was estimated that approximately 70% of all people feel like fakes at one time or another. And in reality, the same people that we're fearing will expose us as a fraud are probably feeling like an imposter themselves. So again, going back to this idea of pluralistic ignorance that we talked about in the beginning, more times than not, other people are also feeling this way, but nobody is voicing their doubts. Nobody is voicing these feelings. So we're all just sitting here feeling as though we're the only ones, when in reality, we're not. That is very true. And I would even argue that imposter syndrome, quote unquote, was here since the beginning of the humankind. But moving on from that, uh, the third R would be to reframe. So what are we reframing here? It's actually our mental attitude. So we need to decide to have a positive mental attitude towards the situation in question uh, in terms of, for example, why, why we are there or why we were selected. So we need to consciously and intentionally celebrate our success. We should own our accomplishments. I feel that very often we just forget how far we came and how many good things we had in life so far. We often take it for granted. We even assign it as being lucky or slipping by or just having outside help with something. But when you think about it, even if you got lucky or even if you had outside help, it was still your success. It was still something that you did. You probably put in some work yourself. So there is no need to feel guilty for having some help outside or even for getting lucky. So there is even a saying that goes, help yourself and God will help you. So you need to put a little bit of work and then something else will come in and help you even more. So Going back to the topic, we should stop feeling guilty or not worthy of our success. We should own and celebrate our victories. And it doesn't really matter how small they are. And another point that I wanted to mention here is in case we are thinking that our success is very small in comparison to other people's successes, this is not a good way to go. Um, we should stop it immediately because comparing ourselves either online or offline with other people is just simply wrong. It doesn't make <laughs> sense because these people are on their own journey. And like we heard before, most likely we don't even know how much they struggle with certain things. Maybe it looks effortless to you, but maybe it's a lot of struggle for them. So comparing some outside mask or outside persona to your inner self, to your worst case scenario in your own life is really not a good idea because it simply cannot be compared. So please keep that in mind. Okay, so the fourth R in this 5R process of tackling imposter syndrome is that you're ready. So basically already at the fourth point, you are ready. You now you reframed your thinking, you let go of negative feelings and you're prepared to focus on the issue or prize at hand. The fifth R would be to repeat if recurrent. So 
So I could actually argue that we, you are done after the third step, after the third R, but I guess this was just author's way to remind us that this could recur and that we, we should repeat the process again and again until we feel again ready. So practice makes perfect. Yeah, and I think this just, again, speaks to the fact that all of this really does take time. I think with most of the things that we're talking about on this podcast, it will take time. So I guess the fact that they've put that in a step, it just reinforces the fact that it's not a one-time thing. You're going to need to practice it and you're going to need to do it again as well. As always, we don't want to leave you without anything. So we're just going to give some practical points to remember and also tips around moving towards tackling imposter syndrome um some of our own some of our own personal ones i think for me i would say that if you're experiencing imposter syndrome and you're finding that you don't currently feel confident in your abilities that's absolutely fine that's okay remember that developing confidence takes time and it's something that you can definitely work towards even if it means imitating it in the beginning Think about how you'd like to show up in the world, adopt an optimistic mindset and work towards walking in that. I think some people would call that faking it till you make it, which, uh, yeah, I'm not too keen on the phrase, but it's basically the same thing. So imitating the confidence until it becomes real, until it becomes a part of your daily life. Yes, I agree. I don't agree on the part fake it till you make it because I also don't like the faking part. I I believe in removing parts and letting go of the things that you don't need and that are not of value to you but I would like to emphasize that developing confidence and even more importantly competence in any area of your life takes time so just like we said before it's a journey it's a process it will take time and here's an example of a child trying to learn how to walk Most likely that child will fall for thousands of times, but it will probably never think, oh, maybe this is not for me. Maybe walking is not for me. I'll I'll better sit here and I'll just wait for the life to pass me by. Walking is not for me. So you're most likely never going to hear that from a child. And just linking back to what I said before, it will take time. So don't give up. Yeah, definitely. And I guess a little bit of a perspective shift here, maybe experiencing just a little bit of imposter syndrome isn't the worst thing. I think if you look at it in a different light, it can kind of keep you humble, keeps you motivated to keep learning and working hard. It becomes an issue, a real issue when it's not just a little bit of imposter syndrome. It's a lot to the point where it's overwhelming you. And like we said before, becomes debilitating and gets in the way of you doing anything. I definitely agree. It actually can keep you motivated and kind of awake and uh, agile and willing to work on the task, on, on the new position. And it actually makes you want to improve yourself. So I agree. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit of a perspective shift. And I guess it just depends on how you look at it. But I think the key thing here is just don't let the sense of self doubt prevent you from taking on a new role or going after a big promotion or believing in your abilities in general. Yeah, I actually agree. I believe that stepping out of your comfort zone is actually very beneficial. So feeling a little bit of discomfort here and there is and can serve as a motivation. And just to mention one of my 
own personal tips for tackling imposter syndrome. I believe that questioning your negative thoughts and replacing them replacing them with more positive thinking is also very beneficial. I meditate from time to time. I try to be consistent. But with this meditation, I'm also learning how to accept thoughts and not to take them as seriously. I just try to let them pass by like a bird flying by. Feelings and emotions, they're also temporary and transient. So you are what actually stays there and what existed before that thought came across your mind and after the thought passed by you can actually say to yourself that you're so much more than just your feelings and thoughts and emotions and if you start living it i believe that it will lead you to a happier life Final tip from me are some actual reminders and things that you can say to yourself and things that I definitely have been saying to myself, especially now. So I've just moved into a new role and something that I've been saying a lot to myself is you're adjusting, give yourself time. I think using that as a reminder of, okay, I'm not going to get everything in the first two weeks or maybe even month or two months, just reminding myself constantly that I'm adjusting. I need to give myself time and that's okay. That's been really useful for me. And I think it can also be really useful for other people to remind themselves of and actually say to themselves as they're moving into a new situation where they might be feeling a little bit uncertain of their abilities. Another thing that I've been reminding myself of is that everyone starts from somewhere. Saying that to myself and constantly reminding myself of that has been useful. And the final thing that I have been saying to myself is that I bring value wherever I go. So even if I'm not understanding things, even if I'm feeling as though I'm unsure of what I'm doing, just reminding yourself, I bring value of wherever I go has been really useful for me. And hopefully these will be useful for you as well. I think this was so beautiful that if I add anything to it, I'll just spoil it. So I suggest let's just end this episode right here. I would just like to thank our listeners for tuning in once again and investing a little bit of their time into our podcast as well even though this podcast seems one-sided i actually feel it's the energy comes from both sides both from listeners and hopefully from us as well so thank you once again and until the next episode take care bye Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and have been able to take something away from our conversation. As always, we'd love to hear your ideas, comments and questions. You can find us on Instagram at tbaw.pod. Stay tuned for the next episode.